Hello there, Buffalo fans, and I'd like to thank you again for joining me for another episode of the Sabre Talk podcast. I am Mark Geis, your host, and I'm going to be discussing both the Blue Jackets game and the Penguins uh, the Penguins game in this podcast. I had a pretty busy weekend, so I wasn't able to record one after the Friday night game. I had to rewatch it because I was because I was traveling, uh, and so I'm I'm putting them both out today. So the Sabres beat the Blue Jackets 4-0 on Friday night and lost the Penguins 4-3 on Sunday afternoon. And in the Blue Jackets game, McGinn had two goals, Leguan scored, and Reinhardt had his 18th in the season, scored the, scored the fourth goal of the game. Um, Eichel also had two assists. Uh, Ristolainen had an assist, Gurgensons had an assist, and uh, Kane had an assist. And then in the Pittsburgh game, Bogosian had two goals, which were only second and third of the year, and Gianta had the other goal in that 4-3 loss. Um, so first, I typically talk about the goaltending first. Leonard had a great performance versus Columbus. I thought might have been his best game as a Sabre, and congrats to him on his first shutout with the Sabres. Uh, played with a lot of fire. He... He's had quite a few games like that where he looks like it's it's going to be impossible or close to impossible to score on him, and I thought this was this is one of those types of games. And I've said it time and time again with him, but just shows the talent that he has and how how big he is. He's also very athletic for his size, and when he's cool, calm, and collected, and also confident and doesn't let a bad goal get him down. Obviously, that wouldn't have gotten him down in this game because he never gave up a goal. But if he if he stays confident throughout the course of a game, it's it's it, it can be very difficult to score on him. Um, conversely, in the Columbus game, I talked about Corpusalo and how Columbus's goaltending has been their weak point recently, and it ended up coming to fruition. He gave up that back-breaking second goal to Legwand on the bouncer from the Sabres defensive zone and that just killed them killed all momentum and I think that was the turning point of the game right there um the Jackets they're offensively challenged too but their goaltending is arguably a bigger concern with with Bobrovsky out and they've played relatively well under Tortorella not well but you know not worst in the league Poorly, they've been hovering around 500. I believe they're slightly over 500 with him. Um, maybe 23, 22, and seven or something like that. Um, and they've been offensively challenged all year, especially trading Ryan. Ryan Johansson didn't help things at all because now you're depending more and more on on young, relatively unproven guys. But with Bobrovsky out, that's really that's their their weak point, and that's what we saw tonight. Probably the biggest piece of news, which I should hit on as soon as possible in this in this podcast, Ryan O'Reilly's out for a few weeks with a lower body injury, uh, foot injury, and he's gonna so he's gonna be out. They're saying three to four weeks. I I thought he struggled through quite a bit of the Blue Jackets game, so it wouldn't surprise me if he'd been trying to play through an injury sustained early in that game and tried to tough it out, but just wasn't able to afterwards. Maybe it swelled up afterwards. Whatever. I'm that's complete speculation, but um, it's going to be really tough. He's he's arguably the team's mo- most important player. I mean, you can make an argument it's it's Eichel or it's Ristolainen, maybe even that it's Leonard. Um, 
though I wouldn't make that argument, but maybe somebody would. But losing him is going to it's gonna put a ton of pressure now on Eichel and Reinhardt. It looks like Reinhardt's going to move over to center. He moved over to center for the Penguins game, at least for the start of the Penguins game. And you know, putting that much on, on two rookies' plate, that was what was so great about the O'Reilly edition, is that you're able to shelter those other guys a little bit. But now those are the, the main guns down the middle. And especially Eichel is going to be facing the number one defensive pairings game in and game out. And I think you saw it during the Pittsburgh game. I'm going to talk about him a little bit more later, but you saw it during the Pittsburgh game how they weren't giving him space and they were really focusing on shutting him down, which is going to be which is going to be what he has to face throughout his entire career in all likelihood. But with O'Reilly out, it becomes just that much that much worse, and he becomes the primary focal point. So what they did was, uh, what Bilesman did to start the Penguins game, had Reinhardt in between Kane and Justin Bailey, and then had Eichel between McGinn and Gergensens, which is what I expect them to go back to for the Anaheim game on Wednesday. But... Bilesma did change them all up later on in that Penguins game to try to wake the team up, but I think that was really just a function of trying to get something out of them. And, you know, you kind of just throw crap at a wall at that point and hope that something sticks. Nothing nothing really did, but I thought Reinhardt and Eichel both disappointed throughout that game. Um, Eichel throughout pretty much the entire game. Reinhardt had a pretty good first period, but then struggled afterwards, kind of as he went, the team went, or as the team went, he went. Um, The whole team just played pretty poorly in the second and third. And as they tend to do, they made it interesting at the end, made a little comeback out of it, and they had a chance to tie it up at the very end, made it 4-3, to but they really gave the game away after what I thought was a very strong first period and I was getting a little confident maybe they can finally break the Penguins owning of the Sabres and especially Marc-Andre Fleury always seems to own the Sabres there are quite a few teams that seem to have just have been extremely hot against this team recently which which with how bad they are makes sense but it still would have been nice to, to to break that streak but I guess we'll have to wait till next time um Reinhardt I thought his defensive zone turnovers specifically were pretty concerning later on in that in that Penguins game, and I'm just hoping it was a it was a thing that the the team's play brought his play down. Uh, but to really survive in the middle in this league, you can't make those kind of backbreaking plays in the defensive zone. And you tend to see with him when he does have when he does make those kind of mistakes, doesn't become a trend. He seems to really be a quick learner and to and to really add whatever mistakes he's made, figure out how to correct them and add that to his game and continue to improve his game. So I'm hoping that it can be a learning experience. That's what this whole year really is about, is is learning, especially for guys like, like he and Eichel. Um, Eichel specifically, I think he needs to get his shot on net more than he did. He, he wasn't looking to shoot enough in, in that Penguins game. And I think... For him to be most effective, he's got to be shooting first, passing second. I respect the hell out of his passing ability, but he tried to force a few in that game that that, that really just weren't there. And I think with his world-class shot, and you've seen it beat goalies even not from the best angles, 
I think he needs to be looking to shoot first. If the pass is there, obviously take it. I don't want him to to have tunnel vision, shot, shot, shot every single time down the ice. But I think in this game he was trying to defer far too much. And for whatever reason, I think maybe him being the top dog now and, and the Penguins really keying in on him may have played a role in that where he didn't feel comfortable. But hopefully he can learn from that going forward, and that can be what he takes away from, from this game. And I think maybe coming from the Columbus game where he was able to get a couple assists and I thought he played extremely well, maybe that that stark transition going from playing in that game to now playing in this Penguins game on national TV where he's being keyed in on, I think maybe that had something to do with it. And, you know, the temptation is always going to be there to to try to make the pretty play and specifically the the pretty pass because that's what ends up on, on SportsCenter and, that's what that's what I tend to ooh and ah about too. I love I love great passing plays, and a lot of fans are like that. So I understand it, but I think he needs to get it in his head that shoot first, pass second, and um, I think he'll be much better off for that. The Sabers will be much better off for that. Um, Leonard, in I'd already talked about him in the Columbus game, in the Penguins game, he didn't have an incredible game, but I think. We can argue that defensive breakdowns led to, our, led to all four of the Penguins' goals. I, I really would have liked to have seen him stop that Colin goal, not allowed it to squeak in, but after all, it, it was a breakaway. So to, to place too much blame on him for that, I think, would be unfair. And the other goals, guys were left alone out in front. There were deflections. It just I really wouldn't blame any of them on, on Leonard. So I would say maybe an average game out of him. Uh, maybe... An above-average game, he would have stopped one of those, made a heroic save to stop one of those plays on a defensive breakdown, and maybe he would have stopped that breakaway. But I, I can't blame him too much for that game. And surprisingly, the def- the defense wasn't really to blame for for these blatant breakdowns. I thought the forwards were much more to blame. And this might be one of the first podcasts all year where I'm talking about either a loss or a win where I thought they didn't play well where I don't call out the defense. But I thought McCabe had another two very solid games. I thought Pesic had another two very solid games as well. I think I would argue that, that those two were the team's two best defensemen throughout those games. I also thought it was nice to see Bogosian produce some offense, and I thought he came to life in that Penguins game when the rest of the team seemed to not be <laughs> to not be there. But I thought that I thought that him scoring scoring a goal early on kind of lifted his spirits, and he was really trying extra hard, I think, to be to be physical after that point. Cody Franson, he was hurt during the Columbus game on a hit in, in the defensive zone, so he was out of the lineup against Pittsburgh. It, it sounds like it should be a shorter-term injury. They're calling it day-to-day, and hopefully he can be back in the lineup on Wednesday versus the Ducks. Uh, with him, I mean, he's one of the fringe guys that's, that, you know, he might be the number six, so he easily could could stay in the press box, even if he is healthy. But if I, I think if there's any doubt that he's not healthy, he'll continue to sit because he's not. It's not like he's the team's number one defenseman or anything. Um, from that Columbus game, the hit on Zach Bogosian by Boone Jenner is what everybody was talking about. Uh, that was another questionable hit in the game and. I thought it looked pretty bad, and usually, usually I'm much more—I don't know if you call it conservative on on those types of hits. You could call it conservative or liberal, where I tend to 
come to the defense of the the hitting player more often than most would. But I think in this case, that was a dangerous hit. And I mean, you could see Bogosian was coming into the boards, coming in pretty hard. And Jenner gave him a, a healthy shove. It wasn't a you know just a love tap, and looked pretty bad. Bogosian crumbled in the boards. Thankfully, he was okay. But the reason why people were talking about it was more so because of uh, because of Robin Leonard's reaction and trying to fight Jack Johnson. I think you're going to see that quite a bit with with Robin Leonard if you've followed him at all throughout his career. He's he he likes to get involved in that kind of stuff and he's not afraid. And he's a huge guy, so he can hold his own. And what I'm not what I haven't really heard many people say is is what he said because they zoomed in on him during the during the broadcast and he was yelling at uh at Jenner I, I think he was yelling at Jenner as he was skating away but he called him a fucking cocksucker which I thought was thought was pretty funny and you could clearly see it on the on the broadcast him yelling like that it was easy to read his lips he was opening his mouth so it was half of his face but that was funny and and I like how Bilesma said afterwards that it was the first time he'd ever had a goalie that got a four-minute penalty and a shutout in the same game. And I was talking with my wife about maybe there can be some sort of Leonard hat trick, like the Gordie Howe hat trick. Maybe goalie, if he get a shutout and assist and get in a fight in the same game, it's a Robin Leonard hat trick. Though he didn't have the assists in this game, but I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in his Buffalo tenure he does. But um, so the same, so enough about enough about Robin Leonard and calling people fucking cocksuckers. But um, next, the Sabers go on the road to the West Coast to face the Ducks on on Wednesday. And the Ducks they've they put themselves in a playoff position after a horrible start, start of the season one seven and two, and they just year after year they're a really well managed and well coached team. And I have a lot of respect for Bob Murray, who's obviously the right move to keep. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux, and I. What I like about Murray is they don't tend to make a ton of huge blockbuster deals. The the one that I can think of is that is that Ryan Kessler trade. But they're under the radar moves is I, is I think what makes them so good and continually dangerous year after year. But I think of two stick out of my mind. But that Ben Lovejoy for um, Simon Dupree deal last year, and the Carl Hagelin for David Perrin deal this year. Um, both were just fantastic, and it was trading not valueless players, but I think they really upgraded in terms of value. Um, in terms of the Lovejoy trade, they got a building block on their defense back, and in the Hagelin for Prawn deal, they were able to get, I think, a more talented, more complete player. They've been hot recently, 12-1-1 and in their last 14 games, so I, I, I'm not confident with you know, with O'Reilly being out and just this team not playing great recently, I'm not expecting a win to, you know, just to, just to be honest, I think Anaheim, their, their defensive core is rounded into form throughout the year. Gibson's really emerged as a legitimate number one. Their big guns have, have really turned it on and, and produced after starting the year pretty slowly. So they've really kind of got it all going right now. And, I don't see the Sabers being able to go in to their house and to come out come out with a win. I would be pleasantly surprised if they could, but with you know it seems like it's it's very difficult for the Sabers to have 
games where everything's going smoothly and where everything is staying on schedule. Ling Riley, who's throughout the year, I don't have much confidence in them out and winning a game like this. But the Sabres have had, I mean, with like I talked about, McCabe and Pesic playing very well recently, arguably their two best defensemen over the last couple games. And I didn't even mention them throughout this whole podcast, but that third line of Marcus Foligno and Johan Larson, Brian Gianta, who I've praised quite a bit on recent podcasts, they had another, I mean, in the Columbus game, they played very well. I thought they may have been the best forward line versus the versus the Penguins, which wasn't saying a ton. But you know, maybe if they can establish possession, keep this game slow, and keep it low scoring, maybe if those especially if that third line can be a catalyst in the in the possession game, they could have a chance. But I, I, I'm not going into this with, with any sort of confidence that they're, that they're going to come out with a win. But hopefully Wednesday night afterwards, um, I'm traveling to the East Coast on Wednesday morning, so I'll be in Eastern time rather than Central time, uh, like I have been recently. But... Hopefully I'll I'll be able to watch this game live and come up with a podcast afterwards. Um, thank you so much for listening. I apologize once again for 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 not coming out with with one in between this and having to combine two games into one. But really appreciate appreciate the listen, and I will talk to you again soon.